How about that? The whole card right. thing. Oh We're God. going live. Going live. Still loving. All right, here we go. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Growing Officials Podcast, episode 173. Sorry about the uh, bit of a break there. Marty and I were teaching up a storm. So, uh, we also got uh, Marty with us. What's going on, guys? We got Mr. Green Jeans. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I better open up chat. With, uh, guests in regular format next week. I've just been busy, sick, or traveling, one of the three. Um, I was hospitalized there for a minute and a bunch of other bullshit, so uh, it's been kind of crazy, but uh, we're kind of getting back to normal, at least for a little while. Um, uh, how's everything going with you there, Marty? Oh, good, man. Just kind of recovering from the long weekend. I got or yeah, it's not recovering from the long weekend. Uh, we we did the four day class and then went right back to work on Monday, so <laughs> I'm dragging a little bit. So nice, it's uh, tomorrow's Friday, so that'll be good. Uh, let's see, I have I think just two media beds left to build in the in the flower room. Uh, I got the bulkhead, a little add a little leak on that. Uh, it's all fixed up, so the water's cycling through right now, and uh, I'll have four 13 foot grow beds and uh yeah it's gonna be awesome other than that not too much i'm gonna go put the supports in for the uh for the first couple media beds and staple down the liner here in just a little bit and then i'll go to bed go to work and then come back and do what i can again but hopefully we should uh should have um uh, all the rest of the media beds in and all of the siphons in by the uh, end of the weekend. So super excited for that. I went and got a bunch of beneficial insects. So I got some lacewing and some uh, H miles and some beneficial nematodes and a bunch of stuff for those plants that we were looking at. And uh, so yeah, those are just some uh, some plants we're trying to save the genetics of. Um, got some pretty cool stuff down there. We got snowman. We got uh, forbidden fruit. We got uh, Wi-Fi OG. Uh, what else is down there? Sunset sherbet, which I'm super excited about. I've smoked but haven't grown yet. Um, the gelato cut of cookies. That's the one that. Uh, one of the one of those plants I have probably three or four of each strain but one of those gelatos might have that viral infection um, that we were talking about so that, that'll be interesting right now they're just kind of all getting treated and grown out and try to take clones of uh, each one of them and get them reboot because they were just covered in spider mites and had some root aphids and all kinds of stuff that we don't want. So they will get uh, get treated, get cloned and hang on to some of those those good genetics. So that's what I've been up to. Bunch of thinning yesterday, sprayed them, got them all knocked back, released the beneficials, fun, fun stuff like that. 
Is there a way to get rid of the viral infection? Is that something that you can get rid of by doing, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the, the epigenetics? Yeah. Is yeah, there? So it's not, if I understand it correctly, which I probably don't, um, is that you can go through the epigenetics with, um, but it's not ever going to completely get rid of it. It's more like it just reduces its effect on the plant is kind of what I understand, but it, it's a little over my, it's a little over my uh, scientist, uh, what would you call it, repertoire in terms of knowing whether, you know, like how it does that or whatever. But I know uh, Kevin Jodry had a pretty cool talk on it with Alan Atkinson. And uh, it's on YouTube, and they were talking about using sub-irrigated planters for epigenetics, specifically with, uh, you know, Grow Kashi, their their Allen's specific brand of Bo Kashi, mm -hmm. and uh, using microbial dominant reservoirs in their sips to uh, essentially continue growing them. Uh, and cloning them and growing them again and, and doing multiple generations uh, inside the same environment with a high microbial density in order to try and suppress, I guess is the technical term for uh, the virus or viral infections. But maybe Steve has more info. Yeah, so, sorry, I'm trying to shut this thing off. It keeps making noise. Um, so, uh, it actually, yes, it will suppress the expression uh, of the uh, aquaponic plate, um, or I'm sorry, it'll, it, it will suppress the expression of the virus, but um, uh, um, you know, it's still what happens is, is that the, the lactobacillic acid bacteria really um, <clears throat> reduces the, the production of it and they don't, the mechanism is not at all understood. Um, but if you can grow that and then take a cutting off the newest growth and then restart that when it's at a reduced viroid level and basically continuously reduce that load by a percentage every time you restart the plant, you can get it down to a level where it's not expressing enough to negatively impact plant growth. And that's really the the goal of what they're trying to do. And you can do this with other labs or you can do it with like grow Kashi or you can do the straight grow boxes like they were doing. All those methods will work just fine. Cause I have a, a plant a clone that someone gave me years ago that they, that they said this, this, this plant, you know, this clone has a virus and I forget the name of it. And probably I forget it because it never, it's never given me any trouble. I haven't seen, and I don't know whether, you know, I, I'm kind of an organic grower and this and that. And I don't know whether it's just, you know, it just delights my environment or whatever. And maybe the virus is there and it's just suppressed or whatever. <laughs> Sorry, I can't even remember the name of, of it, which I should be able to, but probably come to me in a minute. But yeah, and I've I've heard that before. You know, people people are saying, declaring this clone as you know, this this cut's you know famous for it's got a virus or something like that. So yeah, just wondering. I mean, I you know, because like, like I said, I've got this one, which I swear. I mean, I can't tell. I've never seen it. It's a perfectly healthy plant. 
you know, as far as I can tell. So it, I, ne I never, I never also don't keep mothers, you know what I mean? I, I always clone right from the last plant and, you know, while it's kind of edging pretty good and stuff like that, you know what I mean? So I don't know, maybe there's something to that. You know, I don't, I don't let, I don't, I don't keep a, a mother plant around and take, which I probably would if I was going to make an army of clones, obviously. But since I'm just keeping, you know, individual plants alive, I don't have room even for two clones. So I'm always just taking the one. But yeah, I've done some serious clone generations, you know, over as, as they, if they call it, you know, generations. Some I'm, I'm sure my Jack Herrera plant that I have that's uh, over 20 years old, that must be hundreds of generations by now. Or, or you know, <laughs> if you call it a generation. But whatever. Anyway, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I have a yeah. plant that supposedly has. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. There, as far as I'm aware, unless someone can correct me, there is no commercially available um, like viroid suppressant other than uh, lactobacillic acid that's been documented. Now, if someone knows of one, I know I've researched this and have not found any. Um, in fact, this is a really, really good transition into an article I wanted to bring up. Um, hold on, give me two seconds to pull this up. Um, there was a really, really awesome article. I was on the plane going to going to see marty to teach the class and i came across one of the craziest articles i think i've ever read that actually pertains to the cannabis industry not directly but the the science of it does let me just pull up the article real quick just so i can make sure i get my facts straight i think marty knows exactly what the article i'm about to talk about yeah for sure it it's i mean yeah it definitely applies uh but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like it, it goes way beyond that too, I guess. That's the yeah. only, like. So, so basically they tried, so there's, um, uh, there's a big problem with cassava mosaic virus and it's not, it, it's not really distant. It, it's fairly similarly related to other mosaic viruses that attack other, uh, both um, tobacco and cannabis. Okay, so they're very closely related. And what they did was they tried to use CRISPR-Cas9 to genetically modify it so that the virus would cleave itself, cleave its genetics, and, and um, destroy itself, okay? Thus giving the plant immunity to the virus. What happened in between 33 and 48%, just to make sure I got the numbers right, I pulled the article up, of the, the plants tested is the virus adapted to it and was then able to use that, that um, genetic cleaving mechanism to then attack the plant much more efficiently and actually just start destroying the plant's DNA. And they basically created a much, much, much more dangerous virus inadvertently. This is why we cannot go and start playing God and start GMOing plants. You can GMO other animals that do, other creatures that do not exchange DNA and do not have these types of diseases that can do this. You cannot do this with plants. This is psychotic. You could have something like this that could absolutely infect humans. This is stupid. Yeah, or also the virus is corn. really- You could have like, something that could jump to corn, wheat, soybeans. That, that, I mean, this was with cassava, but imagine if they had tried this with hemp mosaic virus or tobacco mosaic virus, and it wiped out the ability to produce nightshades in North America. Like this is the kind of shit that could do it. And 
putting CRISPR into it. Like, are you crazy? Like, so this is the kind of stuff that it has to be done in lab type scenarios, not in an outdoor environment, not in a, in a dangerous place where this kind of stuff can get out. And it just goes to show that we can't just genetically engineer a solution to every problem. Some of this stuff has to be done the old fashioned way. And when you do start to put GMO some of this stuff, you can actually create something that is a hundred times more dangerous. And uh, I'll put a link to the article, uh, the exact paper in, in the link to this episode, because it was literally like mind shattering to me when I read this, because it was just how dangerous some of these people are without realizing the danger they're putting like our entire food supply in. And th this is psychotic. Like th this is, we should not be taking these kinds of risks right now when we don't, you know, th th it really was eye-opening to me and something that really, I think everyone needs to understand and see. Yeah, wow. it was really, really fucking dumb. It's basically what it comes <laughs> down to. Like, uh, I, I just, I, I'm convinced that's how we all die. Oh, like, yeah. that's, oh that's Jesus. That's basically what, like, I've, I've come to the conclusion of, like, if they're, I think we're going to kill ourselves before we kill the earth. Oh, yeah. And we're yeah. on a pretty fast track in killing the earth. So I just don't think it's that far away. Like, I'm at this point, I'm just hoping I die of old age. Because if I don't, I'm, I'm just going to die suddenly with everyone else. Because some dumb motherfucker is going to break apart a virus and make it immune to everything that we can fucking throw at it and then and what's and what's crazy is dead. that like you can buy the access to that technology for like four grand on e on amazon <laughs> like that's what's crazy about it crispr is like 150 bucks isn't it or yeah, they have some real cheap kits now <laughs> getting cheaper by the basic crispr is yeah Yep. Oops, maybe I shouldn't have told everybody that. But it was one of those things where it really blew my mind. Yeah. That's some serious shit. I never even thought of that. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't think about that either and about a virus being able to grab that capability and then using it on its target. Who and with plants. Even as a plants, scientist, yeah. it's not something that you're going to think is going to happen off the bat. But here it happened in over a third of the, the viruses exposed. Wow about the differences between plants and animals <laughs> exactly animals can't do that yeah <laughs> so GMOing a, a dog or a cat or a cow is fine but plants and that have all these virus interactions and, and endomycorrhizal fungi and endomycro endophytes and all this other stuff it, that gets dangerous I and mean, you got to be careful and and this 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 is this particular one with the cassava was a really good example of that Wow, that's some serious shit. Yeah, I was pretty surprised when I when I read that, and I, I read it not long after you posted it. We were talking about it when you were here too, but it still surprises me that they were that careless. I mean, I, I guess it doesn't surprise me in a way, but I don't know. <laughs> scary shit, if you ask me. Really scary shit. Yep. It just goes to show you how little we know. But, but how quickly they're willing to put this stuff to market. Yeah. Um, it really worries me about the cannabis industry, especially when you got people like, you know, the Philo stuff and then these other companies that kind of make them look like rookies. You know, what's going to happen? And also the speed of the whole entire, 
genetic sciences is is really pretty frightening in general. You know, if you look at, um, I think it was uh, uh, Freeman Dyson, the scientist, who was talking about uh, the different uh, revolution, you know, the different, like the mechanical revolution and then the information revolution and then the, you know, then the genetic revolution. And he said that each one, you know, happened, has happened, is going to happen uh, much quicker than the, the earlier one. So the mechanical revolution took a certain length of time. The information revolution happened quite a bit faster. The genetic thing is exploding very quickly, you know, much faster than the previous two, which is kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that we, that we uh, sequenced the first genome like, right. that we ever sequenced, and now we can do them, you know, <laughs> yes. you, can, you can get yours done through the mail. Like, yeah. that's, a, that's a pretty quick, uh, quick turnaround time for sure. Really unbelievable. I mean, I guess it was amazing what, how quickly we started flying, you know what I mean? Like when the Wright brothers and only 30 years later and 40, I guess that was a pretty impressive technological feat too. And that was maybe in the mechanical thing, but, but yeah, I mean, the speed of the speed of genetics, genetic science is really frightening. It's how quickly it has come along and yeah, it's, <laughs> That, you know, I, I couldn't believe that, you know, you can just buy, you can buy a CRISPR kit now, you know, for really, you know, and, and lots of people, I, my wife, I think Mrs. Green Jeans probably knows how to use it. <laughs> like every, you know, quite a few people can use it. Well, so, yeah, it is kind of scary, isn't it? <laughs> Hopefully no one creates an atom bomb. But I guess there's a lot of ethical concern around genetics too. Well, I mean, look at look at how they're restricting those other terpenes now and and vape carts and you know, that's something else that they could absolutely put into cannabis would be bringing in terpenes from other plants and making cannabis produce them. You know, it's another mm -hmm. another you know potential genetic uh, avenue that they could exploit. Huh. Yeah. You probably get there through selective breeding too. <laughs> uh, what have you been up to, Mr. Green Jeans? Oh, uh, not much. It's harvest time, you know, just picking uh, <laughs> some huge plants in a couple of backyards. And boy, you know, it's easy to get, uh, it's easy to grow too much when you grow outdoors. I'm really, uh, <laughs> really jealous of everybody who gets to grow outdoors all the time. This is, you know, this was a first year for for me to actually have a plant in the backyard or two. Is that great? What's that? It's just great. I mean, growing it, it is uh, incredible. Yeah, so cool. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, and people would would we were talking about this the other day, talking people talking about uh, indoor being better quality than outdoor, which is so incredibly untrue. I think one of the reasons I have a theory about that is thinking about that since we were together before. And uh, my theory is that usually indoors, a lot more likely people indoors are running select clones, whereas outdoors often is seed crops and so are somewhat variable. Because it's pretty hard to set up a really nice, a gigantic 
grow from clones outdoors. Not impossible, but but more difficult. So a lot of people, you know, outdoor growers, I think, you know, prefer to run seeds, most of the ones that that I've seen, that I've known. So, you know, and that crop is just variable, you know what I mean? And, and uh, right. you know, the, the grower doesn't send, you know, he gifts his friends with all the, he saves all the best plants and, you know, and they never even go. And then the second grade ones don't even leave the, leave the county, you know, they go to other growers and everybody else. And then the, the bottom grade stuff is the stuff that goes out and gets sold. So, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why people have often said that indoor is better than outdoor. It's just because it's much more likely that people are running select clones indoors. That's all there is to it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, harvest time. It's awesome. And uh, some big plants that were too big. I'm glad, uh, you know, they're like looking at spaces indoors to where to, to dry, you know. And boy, people with a big crop. Oh, my God. Um, because you got to figure So I, I've even with some of them, I've been kind of picking part of the plant and then picking, you know, leave some on there and pick a little bit more later. It's a lot easier to dry and, and, and trim and manicure that way. If you don't have to work on it all at one time and, you know, looking, going forward in the future, when people start growing a lot, growing more of their own medicine and, and growing, you know, getting large plants, I mean, what are we going to do? We're going to have to, I can see that really you're only going to go to the trouble to tightly manicure and, you know, the nicest trophy buds on the ends on the bit and most beautiful parts of the plant and the rest, I guess. What are, we're, yeah. We're going to make concentrates. We're going to make hash or whatever. I want to get yeah. back in it. Yeah. Making yeah. old school hash. Old yeah. school hash is a good way to go. Makes a bubble. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah, and I got my rosin press, you know. Oh, yeah, there you go. You know, so uh, that's that's realistic. I mean, that's what, and I'm probably going to make soap out of the leaves, you know. Shout out to one of our students who will remain anonymous who brought a bunch of bomb ass bubble hash to the class. Yeah, it's pretty good, man. I'm smoking some right now, actually. I, I'm really impressed with uh, how well it smokes out of uh, out of the switch with this. I've never been able to just like smoke just bubble, you know, usually I put it on top of flour or put it in a joint or something else. But with this, because you can control the temperature so low um, and you can set the hit time, um, it you can smoke bubble by itself without catching it on fire. And uh, it's really good. <laughs> that's the best I can say. Like that's, it's really good. So it's that's really what I've good. been doing. Uh, there was, we made some bubble during class out of like two year old bud. And uh, even that tur turned out pretty good. I was pretty impressed. Wow. Yeah. I'll take credit for that one since I made it. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, know. you only, you only get half the credit cause I grew it. So. Yeah. I get 50%. 50, 50. <laughs> But, but I kept all the bubbles, so I don't know how that worked out. You get all the credit, I'll take all the bubbles. Oh, and, and, and another cool thing, they, they re-legalized gifting in California for a while there, ever since, uh, ever since the recreational gifting was illegal, right? Now, yeah, right, the Brownie Mary Bill. Well, it's, a, it's legal, legal again, just in time. 
<laughs> yeah, that that's great. It should have never got changed to start with. Shit. Right? Yeah. What kind of a law? What kind of a law is that? You know. Well, yeah. No. You have a lot. They should have allowed to charge patients, man. They want to charge them. They want them to go to the dispensary. They want them to buy fucking ten times more packaging than they need. You know, like that's yeah. That's what I've decided. They just don't. Yeah. They don't fucking care. It's the same reason an EpiPen is like eight hundred bucks now or whatever it is. Like yeah. It's just because they know they have to buy it. Medical patient comes into the dispensary, they are buying something. They're not going to look yeah. around and be like, uh, you know, never mind. Or, you know, they're not going to window shop. Like they're there to buy something to help them feel better. And so I feel like that's, that's really what they go after with all of that shit. And then, you know, like 10 milligram edibles. A cancer patient would have to consume like what? 20 cookies yep. just to fucking get the the amount the dosage that they want to eat so now they're yeah. what they have to be they have to be obese and consume a large amount of calories just because you don't want to put more than 10 milligrams in a single edible not only that yeah. like how much packaging is 20 20 of those versus the edibles they were buying before like when i hurt my spine so a lot of, i don't know how many people know this but i twisted my spine when i worked at aquaponic source coming out of a, coming out of my car and I couldn't walk for a while and I, I was fucked up and I was taking used to be able to buy 1000 milligram um, uh, Reese's cups in Colorado in the medical market I'm 99% sure you can't even buy those now and I was taking up to four of those a day okay but I didn't need opioids I didn't need any painkillers I didn't need muscle relaxers I didn't need anti-spasm medications I, I was able to, to keep all of those in their bottle and just take the weed and, and not have any of the side effects, not have any of the withdrawal, not have any of the bullshit that came along with those other medications. And that was amazing. But at the same time, that's not even an option for people now. And that's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, they claim it's, oh, well, because a kid might eat one. Well, yeah, so like what? That. So so what? So let's just say extreme scenario, like a forty-five pound kid eats a thousand milligram edible. He might sleep yeah. for three days, but he's yeah. in zero danger of, of dying or any kind of health issue. Right. Right. So as bad as drinking yeah. a beer. Yeah. He might be unnecessarily sedated. I think we can all agree that's not a good thing, not something we want. <laughs> right. But is he in any danger of uh, any kind of health danger? Not any more dangerous. Some kind of somebody, bizarre, like, severe terpene allergy. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. And 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 people people have to be able to grow their own. To, you know, the when the, the it's like the older it's the older grandmother when she shows up at the town meeting. You know, you can't, you know, and you can't deny her the right to 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 grow her own medicine. It's always the girls. I like how the little girl, Charlotte Figgy, you know, <laughs> she's like, you can't deny her the right to have her epilepsy medicine, you know, Charlotte's web. And uh, they changed the laws, you know? So the, so the old lady, when she comes in, she, uh, she, she comes to the town meeting and she wants the right to grow her own medicine. Bam, judo flipped, <laughs> end of story. <laughs> it's cool how are you going to say no to a fucking you know, grandma you know exactly yeah what are you going to do what are you going to do <laughs> i think that's a great point you know a lot of the 
medical laws in different states have been passed because of women. And, and, and that's, you know, not something that's yes. Often yes, because because the whole cannabis culture is a very forward and um, um, culture. And so is the, the the commerce of it. You know what I mean? This is one of the reasons why everybody's there's a lot of backlash against giant glitzy uh dispensaries you know and people go in and it's like whoa what you know and all the packaging and everything like that you know just uh, because it, that stuff is kind of old-fashioned you know what i mean that's kind of that's kind of old it's some other culture that doesn't have nothing to do with cannabis and cannabis is very the culture of cannabis is very forward bubble to borrow a term from steve <laughs> <laughs> it's a bubble that's very it's out in front you know it's for sure well i mean it's funny too we were talking about this before the show we forget how much of a bubble out in front we are sometimes we were talking about this in relation to the aquaponics association conference and it's just like when you're trying to have an advanced talk about essential oil production or flavonoids or terpenes and then they're trying to talk about just like lettuce production per square foot you're kind of talking about you know a much more zoomed out way to look at it and not that same kind of micro level of of understanding of what's going on in the system and and there's a huge gap now between a lot of the the you know cannabis producers especially in the aquaponics side on the commercial side and then the the the, the vegetable producers you know the 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 general base level of knowledge on the cannabis side is much higher. I, know, I noticed this when I said the word chemovar at the talk and, and had to explain what chemovars were and just kind of had to remind myself that, uh, you know, not everybody is as familiar with cannabis vocabulary as, uh, as we are, you know, being really plugged into the industry. So it was just kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's hard to get hard to get used to uh like you you know not 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 having someone to be able to ask uh you know uh, for what to do about things you know then just having to you know invent a way yourself <laughs> because no one is doing it <laughs> no one else is doing yeah, it. yeah it's weird so, how <laughs> like how far advanced all these different sects of, of growers really became in their own isolated environments, you know, like they all sort of evolved in their own little amazing? bubbles, but still yeah. ended up ahead of the curve in yes. a lot of areas than like regular agricultural growers, yeah. you know, which I find interesting because they could work together the entire time, right? They, nobody, you know, they could post an internet forum called whatever the fuck they want.com and post as many pictures of their crops as they want and have scientists look at them. And, you, you know, you could buy crop insurance. Like they have every advantage. Yeah. And yet so, so many of, of the black market growers seem to have come to a better um, technical understanding of growing, let's say like more, more of the, botanist aspects of of growing as opposed to in, in even you know in some areas yeah. like probably life or nutrient uptake or yeah. you know a lot of different concepts that uh, or or different uh methods that they had to use like uh, yeah. ipm like uh you know insect management you had 
some areas of ag that were relying heavily on beneficial insects, but mostly, you know, for the most part in terms of agricultural production, it was all what, what can we spray the fuck out of this with and have it kill everything but the plant. That would be ideal if we could kill everything but what we would want to grow and just grow that. That's the ideal. And that was like the way so many people went and all followed. I feel like they didn't, they didn't get to any of the good questions. You know what I mean? Like you can't, obviously nobody wants to spray their weed with uh, that. They're going to smoke later themselves with, with pesticides. Right. So, you know, you're not going to spray your own shit with Roundup. Uh, So I feel like it sort of created that, that bubble sooner. It created that, that question that you know to look for the answer sooner i I think a lot of it comes from the plant almost itself i mean the generosity of (laughs) this is going to sound so corny but the generosity of mary jane and the sort of promotion of truth and scientific thinking scientific reasoning um that wasn't it did carl sagan say that or what's it uh, talking about uh the idea that uh, that cannabis, uh, you know, uh, started people thinking, uh, you know, uh, scientifically thinking. Actually, <laughs> because it did. Probably. Sounds they've like it. Traced, they've traced the genetic origin to cannabis um, back to about 130 miles away from the first known discovery of Des- uh, Denisovans. So the Denisovans... <laughs> Or another group of people that were similar yeah. to Neanderthals. And if you actually look at ancient, what's really interesting, I was reading this, and this was strictly an opinion paper that, that, that there's no there's no formal study on this, but this guy was doing overlaying cannabis history with the genetics of, of its spreading with where we know Denisovans were and actually showing how the Denisovans might actually have been the ones that actually first cultivated cannabis wow. to begin with. And it might not have even been our species that were the first to actually cultivate cannabis. It might have been actually the, the Denisovans that we then later got the cannabis from because the overlay with their regional spread is, is almost identical to cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would do a, a, you know, that would explain a lot as to why the two of them overlap so damn much. But it was yeah. a really interesting study on, on like the anthropology of, of it uh, in relation to not only you know our own species but even some others similar to ours. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the, I, I, everybody I'm sure has experienced uh, you know the increased ability to be introspective or to think about yourself, maybe uh, that cor- uh, courageous. Uh, a way of looking at yourself like self-reflection. I'm sure people have, I, uh, you know, Carl Sagan, he was talking about, now I'm beginning to remember it. Uh, he was talking about, and it's pretty interesting the way he put it because I, I thought it was a slightly different way. He's talking about pygmies standing by a river of water um, and standing absolutely stock still with a spear in their hand, you know, for hours upon until the fish goes by and then spearing the fish. And he's saying that they're using the cannabis to um, to kill the boredom, which I thought was an interesting term and made me think about 
you know, uh, whether, because I was thinking, well, what about increasing your concentration? And then <laughs> if you think about it, what's the difference between <laughs> increased concentration and killing boredom? <laughs> Got any ideas for that, Marty? Well, is are they really different things? I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. Well, but they they definitely have a lot in common, at least. Yeah, right? they have a lot in common. And so, so maybe cannabis, you know, increases your concentration and stuff. I think it. I think it really does. I mean, a lot, you know, people have said, you know, that it, it can be a good study aid and things like that. I know we're all everyone's used to thinking of it as something that you know for relaxing and stuff like that of course and it depends on your genetics <laughs> yeah i mean i guess it's it's hard to tell because you know obviously you can only have the one experience of it right like i only know what smoking weed is like for me and then you have all the different strains uh, yes. that are out there that i know affect me differently so i can make assumptions like i assume they affect you differently totally. um, but you know my wife and I don't even react the same way to the same strain. So, okay. I mean, some similarities for sure, but not, not yeah. exactly, you know, like I really like smoking high THC content, whereas for her, she likes it, uh, you know, well, she dislikes it because it, you know, makes her paranoid or, you know, mm -hmm. might trigger a panic attack or something like that. And mm -hmm. so, you know, certain terpene profiles and, especially high amounts of THC with no CBD or much of a mm. terpene profile really tend to make her, her paranoid or trigger panic attacks. And so uh, I don't have that effect. I like to, I'll, I'll smoke all of that all day long and play video games or something like that, which you, you think would, and I don't know, maybe I just feel like I'm better at the video game, but I do feel like <laughs> it, it is a, um, you know, it's an aid for, like maybe it might slow your reaction time a little bit, but increases your focus so much that it doesn't. Well, I wonder if it really does slow your, so wonder if it really does slow your reaction time. You know, they've had all these car, uh, car driving tests uh, that I guess so far haven't really shown much impairment. Like, is there even such a thing as cannabis impairment? They I think say it does. Like it there is. I don't think so. I think it's more if it's mixed with alcohol. You know, I think that's when you see the impairment. I mean, well, I think we should test a, a Formula One driver, you know, because a lot of athletes, <laughs> yeah. a lot of athletes say, you know, that they, miles an hour. You fuck that up. they perform right, better right. Look, when no, they're high. More of so, like you're going to wreck a million dollar car to test some pot, you know. <laughs> totally worth it. No, no, no. But you know what? I do it twice. Yeah, you know, I'm betting he's going to he's going to be able to drive uh, like you know half second faster or some shit like that <laughs> well the basically there's been a number of tests already done on it and basically all of them come back the same thing which is that while it it might slow your reaction time it, it made all of them score safer overall because usually they drove at slower speed and it, it it most of them scored better uh yeah. in their for safety wise you know so what? It's not, really it's not the same as you know, alcohol at all. Like, and, and that's that's what they tested against. Exactly. With sober drivers and uh, and then alcohol at different percentages, and mm -hmm. so it it was pretty much the same overall score, even if it slows your reaction time. 
a little well, bit. Well, I found out that cannabis gave me tunnel vision in a way and allowed me to concentrate specifically on one thing when I was working, building cabinets in a factory. We'd get high at lunch, and I'd build the shit out of cabinets because I was just like, you know, right. So if you're driving, I would think it'd be the same thing in a way. And since I've actually, I've drag raced motorcycles and stuff before, um, and you're not really supposed to uh, allegedly, you're not, you know, maybe I allegedly smoke some pot and drag race my motorcycle, but I found that it gave me a tunnel vision in a thing, you know, so I think it's uh, debatable. We, I like you're debating it, right? So, but I don't think again, I don't know, maybe really hinders you that much. I think once you experience it and know how to control your emotions when you feel after you get high, I think that you you um you you can you can really be focused i find that you can be extremely focused that's what i think i was trying to get at so it, that could be because um you know there was a test recently with a, a stress test where they they do the classic the classic way you test stress is uh with the arm submerged in a um, bucket of ice water Oh, I right. thought it was talking to your old lady, but okay. Yeah. So you submerse your arm in a bucket of ice water and you have to perform, you know, tests on, you know, do, do a bunch of thinking and, you know, solve puzzles and all this kind of stuff. And people that are high on cannabis perform like 100% better than other people, than people who are straight. They're able to... Uh, think clearly under, you know, when uh, their arm, when they're much more uncomfortable. Well, like, the, you know, the old block and the shape test where you had to put the square in the square hole. And I bet if you're stoned, you do it better than if you're straight, you know, like if you have a problem. With well, it's this thing about the stress. It's the thing about having your arm oh, in the yeah, square, you see, right? Oh, so it relaxes your stress. It makes you less stressful. So you're able to perform better because you have less stress. After you. Who knows what it, why, but for some reason, people are able to perform better. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe well, hey guys, I'm sorry I was late, but I've been uh, doing business and uh, yeah, sorry. Well, that's good too. But it's just us. It's just us again tonight. So here we are. So love you guys. I'm, I'm having a hell of a week and I'm not going to go into it now, so, but I'm just saying, I'm glad to be here. I, I, I'm sorry to be late and, uh, Came in right at a great time to have a conversation. So, yeah, you know. Hello. I'm in one of the moods. What's up, Roger? Ah, uh, good to have well, you. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Well, it's good to be part of this group. I tell you what, I love it. Uh, you guys are awesome, and and uh, sometimes we, Steve and I talked about this a few times in the past year or so, where you just don't, you feel like total shit and uh the life is dealing you a shit sandwich and then you get a chance to be on the podcast and you don't even want to do it hardly but you log in and get on and you guys are there and then all of a sudden your mood picks up and your you know your attitude is stimulated by the conversation and so that's what's up i'm glad to be here right now because life has been a shit sandwich uh, this week. well good we're glad you're here then <laughs> I got oh, Mr. Green Jeans. Since we got, I guess we got a, a, a intermediate a, a place to cross over. Uh, I'm getting some uh, Congo. I'm getting. I, I've got some Congo. Allegedly, some Congo. What's, in my what is day. that? That is um, 
vision uh, strain, his Landry strain. That's so you know, like your like your cherry cherry bomb, right? I want to get the dump. I hope I don't misstate because it's cherry pie cherry. But it's like remember you? He was on the show and you guys talk. Well, his your yes, cherry bomb yeah. is his. Congo is his. It's a Landry sativa that everybody's doing and and sharing and passing around and stuff like that. I got some of that coming. So. And I might have a couple beans that where it was uh, accidentally crossed with uh, a couple of other things. And I won't say what, because that would sort of identify the person that, you know, I'm talking about. But he's a friend of the show and all. But, yeah, I can't wait. I just saw it a while ago. And, uh, yeah, it's extremely, it's a lemony, very lemony, you know. Sativa type, almost anxiety high kind of shit, which means it kicks ass high in THC, because that's what I think about. If it's got anxiety, there's two things. It's either been harvested early and not totally mature, which, call, in my opinion, causes anxiety with sativas, or it's just got an ass load of THC, which in itself causes anxiety. But either way, it's supposed to be badass. So... I can't wait. If I get some seeds, I'll send you one. If I get some seeds, I'll send you something that, but it'd be crossed with something, you know, some other, you know, interesting thing. So anyway, that's about it. Yeah. I don't know. I can go on and on. I'm in rare form. I hadn't slept in two days. So, um, and I haven't taken any chemicals either. So it's just been life has kept me up for two days. Yeah, we thought maybe you were breaking bad over there or something. No, 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 um, no, not breaking bad at all. In fact, I need to roll a joint probably to fucking calm down. You know, I, I've been smoking some shatter and some of my Oregon uh, Gorilla Glue number four shatter that my friend uh, gifted me a, a while back. And it's amazing. I, I got so it's lasted forever. I thought I was going to share it with somebody, but I didn't get to. So, um, yeah, it's awesome. So what were we all talking about other than what, anything? Did I miss anything? Any announcements or anything? The pizza on your roof says otherwise, Roger. The pizza on my roof. <laughs> okay. Breaking bad joke. All right. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, I, I, I watched that. I haven't watched. I watched the whole thing. I binge watched it about four years ago, three or four years ago. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't uh, yeah, I don't remember that one. Sorry. So Mr. Green Jeans, um you're you're just harvesting now. What's what's gonna be your next project? What's your next breeding project or seeds or what are you doing next? Oh boy, I don't know. I've gotta get some more um I gotta get some more space. I ran I had another and I ran out of seeds again, <laughs> which I guess is a good thing. But yeah, I've gotta figure out how to make more and uh right now my my space is too, too small, too teeny. It's awesome to grow outdoors, though. I mean, growing outdoors is really incredible. It's great to see, you know, to take the plants uh, outdoors. It's but because I was for, you know, kind of almost been forced to be finishing them. I didn't. I don't have enough room for a lot of them in the grow room anymore. Even though I'm flowering them really small, <laughs> there's just no room in the, in the flowering room. I mean, so I've been. When they, when they run out of, when they're getting a little bit more advanced in flowering, 
usually I move plants towards more towards the outside, further away from the in intensity of the light as they advance in flowering. Um, I feel like they don't like as much direct uh, bright light. Um, but anyway, yeah, and I move them more towards the edge. And then lately I've been just sticking them outdoors, you know, and uh, that's really cool to get, you know, to be able to you finish plants for the last uh, week or so outdoors really gives them a nice, uh, you can really tell the difference in quality, even, uh, you know, which is, I think that's one of the things that really convinced me that there really, there really is something to the spectrum of lights. And I'm sure LEDs are way better than, uh, you know, than what I have, which is metal halide. It's not even a CM, it's not even a ceramic metal halide, just a regular metal halide. But yeah, like what to do next, what to breed next. Well, I've already been messing around with this one and I don't really have a name for it. I have a, a, a clone of, a, it was a Master Kush, you know, what's in a name, right? Ah, Master Kush, <laughs> what the hell does that mean? Um, but anyway, it was really nice. It was one of these, I've, I've kept it for so long because it's, uh, it's a classic, it's a good, indica that you know dominant which i don't really have most of my stuff is definitely sativa dominant and you know it's a nice big healthy growing plant that makes large buds and finishes fast and does all the nice things that you'd want um, an indica plant to, to do but uh, i've never been able to really get any plants off it that had traits like it it's like um you know everything that i've <laughs> everything that I've ever crossed it with. The results have been interesting actually, you know, but not, and it could be because I'm just maybe just holding that, that plant to a pretty high standard, which it, it, it is, it's really nice. So I'm expecting, you know, to get, to get plants off it that are like it. So obviously I could have gone further down and done, gone to an F2 or maybe back crossed it and then inbreed those or something like that too try and get more plants like this master push but I never I never really did that uh, instead I just kept trying different males on it just to see you know if I could uh, find something and I did uh, find something I used a back crossed blackberry kush uh, which is a DJ short uh, blackberry kush and I used a black a back crossed male of that and crossed it into this master kush plant. And the results of that were pretty damn good. There were um, about 50% of the females in it were um, really similar to the master kush mom uh, with most of those really nice traits. So yeah, maybe I'm kind of getting on to uh, uh, doing a kind of an indica thing, which I never really, <laughs> My collection is definitely weak in indicas, my, my strains. I haven't made. I'll, I'll be glad to send you some indica stuff. Like really, you know, so, you know. Oh, I got, you don't mind. got so much. I, I know you, I don't, don't, you don't care. I don't have. I got way too much on my plate. <laughs> I got seeds of Steve's and stuff that I hadn't even started yet. And I've got to get more room. I've got to, I've, you know, I'm just totally backlogged right now trying to flower plants as small as possible and everything it's ridiculous but anyways yeah so that's that's kind of 
I guess maybe uh, I'll be dabbling in uh, indica. And also, you know, it's got a, I mean, this is a, this master kush plant's like a really exceptional indica. I've seen a lot, you know, I've seen a few indica plants in my time. <laughs> and so, you know, whatever, whatever I do with it, it's gotta be something that matches up to, you know, that, that is similar to that, has all that kind of vigor, large size, uh, flowers, really fast growing, you know, aggressive growth, um, you know, fast finish, all that kind of stuff. Heavy indica stone. Oh, cool. <laughs> Very strong, you know, the, the whole. Well, really... we got a pure Afghan, so that's why I was offering. I thought you might like some. Well, I don't know what's in a name, right? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, exactly. It's a seed. What's in a, it's a I'd seed, have to but, see the plant. But, you know. But I do. I again. I have to say, I have confidence in our seed bank. That uh, that's why I'm. I said master. They've been Chris. archiving. They've been archiving genetics for a long time, and so there are. They are not just bastardized high. You know what? What? What do these guys want to call them? Poly hybrids or whatever. They're actually the seeds that you know the genetics that have been around for a while, and they archived them, and they kept rebreeding them until they had that. You know. Where it's a, a stable strain, and I just offer it because I got I got a, a, a opportunity to get them if you ever want to try it. And but I know oh, you've I always know. said to me you got too many projects and too I many I love too right much on my plate. Hey, I don't care if I never give it nothing. <laughs> I'm just kidding, you know. But I'd like to give it something, but you know, you you know, you, everybody you, wants to give me some genetics. Yeah. <laughs> everybody wants me to work with their stuff. Well, I don't want you to work with nothing. I'll help, I just I'll help you work on it yourself. I'll help you. I'll coach you. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not. You know, you you anything. grow them out, and I'll and I'll coach you on it. Okay. Yeah. On the breeding. Yeah, we'll do a grow journal on the forum. Uh, Mr. Green Jeans teaches Lakewood how to grow. No. no. Oh no! I thought you were talking about breeding. No, I wanted to send you some seeds that you could use. Like you said, you wanted to get into indica. I wanted to send you a pure Afghan seed. Yeah, as I said, well, you should breed it yourself. You should. Go I don't there. have room, or I, I've been. I've got other stuff. Well, see, no, I don't. Well, look, you always, you always, you always hate this about me, but look, I've already got three amalic spiders. I was Wendy's, Wendy's stuff from 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 Humboldt. Um, I hate what? stuff. I've got Landrace from uh, White Buffalo. I, you're like so I'm kind of getting I'm not like you I'm never going to be like you when it comes to genetics or breeding but I've got so many things on my plate that I'm <laughs> going to gift you Afghan seeds I don't want you to help me breed them because I got all this other shit that I'm breeding so it's you know it's just like yeah you know, we're, we're getting in the same boat now you know we're, and I and it's not again I don't have room and I'm not in a place where I can and and I'm even growing in small cups, man. So I'm I'm telling you, I've, I'm my plate is full, you know. But I, if I want to breed, I definitely, you know, I'm going to be bugging you. I got your phone number, so don't mess with me. I'll be calling you every day, you know. So. <laughs> well, that was. Thanks for your support. <laughs> no, I love your support. Lovely. Sometimes I can't yeah. get I. Uh, I'm in rare form. Like I said, I've been up for 40 hours, so, you know, whatever. Marty, uh, are you still around? I'm going to ask you a question about your girl. If not, 
So Marty and I had a, a fun time teaching the class over the week weekend. Um, yeah, it was really fun doing the commercial class. Got to get some some interesting perspectives from other people. Got to meet a bunch of people that are starting businesses in different different countries. Uh, I think we had people from uh, everything from uh, New Zealand to um, Canada to United States to South Africa. So it was really interesting to have a, a wide range of, of people in the class. So it was really fun. And just learned about some other techniques and methods that uh, people were bringing up during the class. It was really interesting. So mm. we'll be, uh, Marty and I, I think are gonna offer them in the future online, especially given the fact that we'll be on different continents in the future. So I think um, we're gonna handle it that way. So it'll be fun. So we'll, we're working on getting a new schedule up for, for the next six to eight months for classes. So uh, keep a lookout for that. And then uh, working on some cool stuff with Roger from True Aquaponics, working yep. on finalizing everything for a subscription service to be able to sign up and pay one flat fee and get all your chemistry handled for your aquaponics system. And, uh, you know, you'll get a, a monthly box that fixes your chemistry as long as you send your water out on time. And uh, this will allow us to um, dial your, your system in, uh, you know, very accurately, you know, depending on what crop you're growing. So be a cannabis or, or whatever else. And you know, we have different tiers based on, you know, commercial or non-commercial, and then uh, you know what kind of crops because it, you know the nutrients vary quite a, quite a bit. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. So just working on that in the wings and uh, working on stuff for Africa, and then I've been dealing with just being sick and traveling and everything. So just kind of getting recovering and. Uh, yeah, that's why I didn't have any guests booked for this week, just because I was uh, not feeling too well. So it's finally getting back into the swing of things. So we'll be back next week with regular guests and all that. Alrighty. Um, anything else going on with you, Roger? Uh, well, we're um, I'm getting ready to set up my uh, all my uh, citrus plants and stuff like that into a safe haven for the colder weather. Because I spent a lot of money on them, don't want to, don't want to lose them. But basically, um, we made, we we started uh, recovering my greenhouse this week. It was real nice. Uh, I want to shout out to Ryan from the Carolina Canna Connection uh, for coming over and busting his ass and chopping up a whole shitload of blackberries and grapevines that have taken over my greenhouse. It's like if I wanted to grow blackberries and, 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 and grapes, I didn't have to do anything to go harvest them. But he came over and worked his butt off, and and he's a great – I can see he's going to be a great partner. Uh, we got a bunch of hemp uh, hemp ideas going on, and and uh, we're going we're gonna to concentrate on our um, – on the craft growing style of the hemp uh, smokable flower. Um, we feel like – a smaller farm with a connoisseur craft style uh, finish is going to be the best thing for us because we're, I don't think we can be big enough to use biomass. If we use biomass, it might be for our own uses one way or the other, but I don't think we'll produce enough biomass to make it worth it. So I'm, I'm doing a lot. I've been doing a lot of studying on, on the, um, the, uh, the, business of uh, growing hemp now that we can do that 
and looking at all the different options. I had broader ideas, but I think I've become um, uh, informed that it's going to, on a smaller farm, and to be more successful, you might want to just do craft growing. So that's what we're doing. Um, I'm looking for genetics. I'm going to be talking to our buddy up in in um, Asheville um, about that. You know, I haven't got to him yet because we've had a lot of things going on. Basically, uh, doing some building and logistics for the the coming year because we've really gotten past the experimentation now that we were doing this year and it's starting to get cold. So I think um, we're definitely gonna be doing fine. I can't wait, I honestly cannot wait. It's gonna be great. And like I said, Ryan's a great partner to have because he's a younger guy than me. Uh, like he, he's uh, got about 20 years and he's a hard worker. He's extremely interested. He's a, he's a, you know, he went to the uh, organic cannabis conferences in Maine last year um, and he's serious. So it's nice to have somebody with a lot of energy. So that's about it. Um, I'm always experimenting on stuff. I, like I said, I was talking a while ago, I got, I got those other plants going on and um, I'm going to be starting some white buffalo uh, land race stuff uh, that was gifted to me by vision from white buffalo seed company up in canada i believe um and that's going to be fun to do some of that and um yes and i and and mr green jeans i will definitely love to have any advice once i get into that uh if you want to help me i'll definitely take your guidance because i have not been a breeder and any kind of input that any breeders out there that all of our friends on the podcast i welcome any of you to to shout out to me and say, you know, maybe you should try this. So, uh, other than that, though, life, life's a bitch, um, and we're surviving as best we can. Yeah. <laughs> Not what you expected. <laughs> so, I. Uh... Yeah, Marty's gone. Marty's well, gone. He's doing his, uh, he's gone. So, one other thing I was going to bring up too is Canada finally legalized edibles and concentrates on the 17th. Yay. Oh, cool. Cause they kind of kiboshed that for a while, didn't they? Now they opened it back up. That's good for Canadians to our Northern friends. Awesome. Yep, yep, yep. And then, uh, there's something else. Hold on a second. Mexico also introduced their recreational cannabis bill as well. Um, you'll be able to buy weed if you're 18 years old. In Mexico, edibles wow. and drinks would not be would be medical only. Um, I thought Mexico had legalized cannabis all the way. Legalized possession of all drugs under five grams or some shit like that. Oh, okay. So now they're starting to get into allowing you to grow it. Is that what you're saying? That yeah, that was just like you're not going to jail now, kind of thing. Yeah. Well, they've all been growing pot all these years anyway. It might, you know, it might as well legalize it. What the hell? Tax it, make some money, you know, let us do our thing. There's also some interesting stuff. I haven't gotten into it fully because I haven't had time. 
but there's some kind of connection between like Russian money into cannabis businesses and, and Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani, <laughs> being investigated by the feds in relation to Trump and money laundering as part of the Ukraine stuff. Um, so I thought, it, I just thought, I wanted to mention it because I thought it was funny how there was a weed angle to this whole impeachment stuff going on. Anything so, involving Giuliani and Trump is fucking hilarious. That's all I got to say. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, I just thought I'd bring it up. I just thought it was funny. That's I hadn't heard that one yet, though. The Russians are involved, and yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, Trump's going to hang Giuliani out to dry, even though we're just not a politic, political podcast. Uh, since you brought it up, I... You know, he's going to be hung out to dry. He's already kind of being hung out to dry. So, I thought it was interesting, too. There was um, statistics released for Germany uh, for their first round of um, what the, I guess, first six months of medical reimbursement or whatever it was uh, for the cannabis industry in Germany. And it was 70 per, oh, 71% for pain. Wow. I've been hearing that when, when it comes to hemp, even uh, as far as biomass and stuff, that what do you think about this? Uh, that I heard uh, there's been some talk about, the fact, excuse me, the, the fact that they're going to overload us and overwhelm our hemp producers. And that's one of the reasons that we're so high on going craft all the way craft, because that they're going to produce so much hemp that you're going to overwhelm the American farmers, you know, that because again, they're, they know what they're doing and they're allowed, been allowed to grow it for a long time. What do you think? Europeans. No, Europeans. No, Europeans don't have the land. Africa's going to supply everybody. That's why I'm going. Okay. Okay. I'm just throwing shit out because different people are throwing out different philosophies about how it might be, you know, if you get into trying to, all right, as we know, part of the problem with the people growing hemp or even cannabis is some guys with a lot of land and money think they can grow it like corn, and they don't. We we've discussed that a million times. Well, but you can grow it like corn if you know what you're doing. Well, hemp you can, and if you're going to do for biomass, but I don't think you can grow it like corn if you want smokable flour or yeah. high quality medicine going mean, to compete with like small scale production for sure but if you're just talking about something that's smokable for like low quality budweiser kind of competitor yeah there's i mean that's what's going to happen soon yeah but i was talking about the higher quality yeah but yeah you can do that for sure but it's still but it's certainly not you you know you're certainly not going to be making anything that's going to touch the the craft craft grower market or the breeder market or any of the people that we have on the show um you know it's not it's not meant to compete with them you know right well we, you can look at old old pictures of hemp farms and it was grown like corn in the old days when they were doing it for rope but that's yeah. all they were really doing it for i mean there was a time when there was medicine but then yeah. there was the prohibition we've always had your drug variety you've always had your drug variety and your fiber variety Right, exactly. But I, so you think that, uh, do you think that a smaller uh, farmer could actually sustain his farm trying to do for fiber? You need to be at at least five or 6,000 square feet if you're going to survive. 
I think a lot of people think they're going to survive with one to 3,000 square feet. And I just, I don't see it. I don't see the money. I mean, I'm well, sure exactly. That's I'm the sure same thing I learned in the, in the, in the produce business when I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't lose money, but I couldn't make money because I wasn't big enough. Yeah. So that's why, you know, I think, you know, that where I, now I've got room to expand, but um, knowing that factor, and I think that's what you just basically said, I think that the reason that we want to go totally craft growing is because you can make a lot more dollars per pound per mass than you can with craft growing and uh, the smokable type flour that could be processed, I guess. I mean, you know, I'm assuming if you have high quality smokable flour that could also be processed into, you know, a res, a wax or resin or whatever, oil, anything like that, that would still be viable for medicine. They have machines uh, now that'll just come through and take the tops off and then they just, that's it. So like, it's, it's all getting automated and all that for, for mass scale. Like yeah. you will have your craft production, but anyways, so um, I think we'll uh, start to wrap things up here. Um, anything else you guys want to bring up before we wrap up the show? Nope, I'm good. All right, I'm still feeling under the weather, so we're going to wrap the show up a little early. Um, you can find Marty at APMeds uh, at uh, gmail.com. Uh, or no, I guess it's not. It's APMeds on YouTube and, and uh, Instagram and all the things. Um, you can find Mr. Green Jeans. How do people find you? How do people find you, Mr. Green Jeans? At Mr. Green Jeans Gardens, I believe. Yeah. And then uh, what about you, Roger? Well, you can find me at ilovegrowingmarijuana.com, Latewood at ilovegrowingmarijuana.com. You can find me at uh, Facebook, Instagram. Um, we got a couple new websites opening up, but I don't want to screw it up and tell you the wrong address or whatever, but um, I'm currently working on recovering some websites from a uh, hosting company that somehow my, are trapped in Romania. So I've got some new stuff and I'm going to be announcing that in the next week or two. We're working on it now. We're going to have a little group. We're going to open up a new group, a discussion group where people, in fact, I don't know. I wasn't planning on this, but it might turn into a podcast, you know, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Cool. All right. And you can find me at Poem Products, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, all the places. Um, you can also find me as recently over on uh, Shaping Fire podcast. Shout out to Shango. And then also yep. today uh, posted on the Growcast. Um, we had Jordan from Growcast on before on our show as well. So be sure to check those guys out. I had some really fun interviews with those guys. So, and uh, we'll be back with uh, guests in the normal, normal type show next week. I apologize. I've just been either sick, traveling, or in the hospital. So uh, it's been a bit of a week. Anyways, we'll catch you guys again next week on Tuesday. Cheers. Much love.